Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The GW Show. I am your host, Marcus Weisner, and with me is always the man himself, my co-host, Mr. Dan Gonzalez. What's going on, my man? How are you doing today? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Uh, not too bad, to be honest with you. Uh, took some time off because, uh, obviously, I was out of town and, uh, you know, came back and just kind of... You know, did a little bit, it's a little R and R, and you know we had obviously a, you know the the draft while I was out, so we we didn't get to really like have an episode to talk about that, uh, but obviously you and I talked a ton during the time frame, um, and then you know with the uh, the schedules of the NFL coming out today, we just decided. Let's just go ahead and just push the shit back, and we'll do it on Thursday. So, uh, yeah. Um, glad to be back, obviously. Uh, finally got some time for, you know, us to do our episode. And, uh, yeah, let's talk some football. We'll actually have, like, a full segment for football. So, um, let's uh, let's kind of just get, get right into it, man. Uh, we uh, – a couple weeks ago, we had the NFL draft, as I mentioned. Uh Dan, I mean, kind of walk walk me through, or, or you know, talk about you know some of the picks that you that you liked, some you didn't like, surprises, were pretty spot on picks, uh, winner losers. You know, we'll just kind of like bounce yeah. off each other with stuff like that, um, and then obviously <clears throat> we'll talk about the picks that the Jets and Cowboys made, and uh, we'll go from there, and then after that we'll transition to our schedules and break this down so yeah um yeah um so the draft started with a bang um the texans traded back into the top five after slipping cj Stroud second overall they traded with the cardinals to go back up to number three to draft will anderson i thought that was a fantastic move um you you know you get your defensive cornerstone guy you know they drafted Derek stingley last year so you got your cornerstone guy for the secondary now you got your cornerstone guy for the pass rush I, as I detailed before, I'm not a CJ Stroud fan. Nothing, you know, nothing personal. I was like, you know, you know, anything towards him or anything. I just, I don't think he's going to transition well to the NFL. I'm a lot higher obviously, on Bryce Young, who went number one overall. And I'm a lot higher on Will Levis, who fell out of the first round, which was probably my biggest draft surprise. I really thought a team was going to come back in, like in that mid-20s, maybe even pick 30, 31, and 32 to come yeah. up and get Will Levis in the first round. Uh-huh. Um he went to where I really thought he was going to either end up. I thought Houston was going to take him at 12, but they stayed there at 12. Or uh, the Tennessee Titans were going to take him. Yeah, um, I think um, – I, I love that fit for him, by the way. I think that's a great fit. It's a good starter franchise. They're still retooling some things. But, you know, I, to me, I think they have their quarterback of the future in Will Levis. I think that's pretty pretty spot on. Um I guess I'll start with a couple of points that you made. Uh, a lot of praise, a lot of love for Bryce Young. They said, like, his intangibles, his IQ, like, his ability to read things. They said, like, the dude's got the IQ level of Peyton, which I'm like, okay, like, we need to kind of, hey, let's, let's, let's relax, okay? Um, you are going to Carolina, so let's, I mean, to be honest with you, with, with you, man, Carolina is a team that, with the way their division is, Bryce Young could come in his first year, win the division. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's not impossible. 
It's not. And they've given him some decent weapons to work with already, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've got, uh, you know, Adam Thielen is, is going to be his number one guy over there now uh, for the receiving side. I mean, they did lose DJ uh, DJ Moore to the, uh, you know, in the, the trade with the uh, Bears. But um, I think that they're, uh, if, if you're looking for a, someone like a, you know, a guy to have as a, your number one overall pick and surrounding him with some sort of talent, the good thing is, is again, is that division he's in is not good. So it is an easier transition as far as if you're trying to win a divisional spot. Now, it's pretty much one of those things. If you don't win the division there, you're not one of the play, you're not going to the playoffs. So as if you win the division or you're probably going to be 12th overall or, or single digit pick. That's just, yeah. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles with that situation there. But uh, Bryce Young, I think, was was probably the the consensus first overall pick. Um, CJ Stroud, I'm honestly kind of surprised that he did go to, to the Texans. Well, I mean, the big the big kicker for this, I mean, I don't know how much weight it, it holds in gold. But um, when they asked him like who are his two favorite quarterbacks he 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 liked growing up, and he said Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson, I was like, okay character yeah it's like i mean nothing against i mean obviously growing up everybody you know at least from our generation growing up everybody wanted to be mike when it came to being on the field you know what i mean i mean that's he says the reason why he wears number seven but like i think with the turmoil that they had received with houston and they mentioned the you know the um the icky you know the taste you know regarding deshaun watson's name yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, well, they're going Anthony Richardson. Have a good day. <laughs> they, they did not do that. They stuck with CJ Stroud. Um, I think the kid's got like a really, like he's he's got like a, a, a good accuracy to him. Now I don't know. If, obviously, obviously, when you're in training and warmups and reps, you know when you throw hard and you throw it on the thread, throw you know, you th- it's gonna happen like that. Ten out of ten. So we'll see how it transitions to the game, but I think that overall his ability to move out the pocket, um, they do have, like I said, Will Anderson. They drafted third overall, and the good thing is, Dan is um, most teams at that position at that like one or two overall pick or whatever. They don't have a good O line. The good thing is, is that Houston does have one of the top tier uh, left tackles in Laramie Tunzel, so that is a yeah. benefit for him on his blind side. But um, they basically have a bunch of bunch of guys who nobody really knows uh, as far as receivers go. You know, they lost Brandon Cooks. That was kind of like their thousand yard receiver gimme there, and so um, and kind of crazily enough with the Will Anderson thing, you know, with the trade, there was one analyst that had got that perfectly right, and people gave him shit for that. Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah, man. I was like, dude, like that's that's. I mean, there's one thing for it to be like that. I mean, that's like crazy spot on. So, I mean, good. For I mean, he's a former. He's a former scout, so he and I got everything. He's worked in front offices too, so it's like he's a front office exec turn analysis like that. Like that. That's a he. He knows. He knows a lot more than I than we do, and then you know what the other insiders know. Yeah, that's why when I watch the NFL draft, I always <laughs> when I watch the NFL draft, I uh, I watch McCall. I watch it through NFL Network because like I wanted to see what Daniel Jeremiah had to say. 
yeah, but um, just kind of going through some of the other picks, Dan. Like I said, there was there uh, there was some good ones. There was some some that had came through that I was like, eh. like definitely some head scratchers or maybe like why they did it. Um, my team was on that list. Oh, I don't think that way. I don't think. I don't think that was a head scratcher at all, but you know, I, uh, people, people don't watch the tape, so I can't really blame them. So, and obviously, you know, going right after, you know, to the fourth pick, you know, Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Um, that was kind of love a, it. another, love another it. yeah, I love it too. The guy's got a, he's got a mechanic that like, he's got the size, the mobility, and he's got the arm strength. He's, he's like a, I mean, I guess you call it a pro, he's your prototype guy. But he's also the one that has the the highest ceiling, but probably the lowest floor. Of, yeah, of like, all of them. But dude, if he's running like that read option offense with him and Jonathan Taylor in the backfields, oof, Jonathan Taylor could have a bounce back here next year too. Yeah, uh, I think that the next piece now the Colts have to do is they have to beef up the offensive line, and they got to get uh, Richardson some weapons. Um, but they're obviously they're, they haven't obviously stated that Richardson's going to be the starter week one. Probably gonna. No, they him. did already. They they did already. Oh, they did. Yeah. <coughs> I thought it was gonna be Gardner there for a little bit. No, nah, they already they already came out and said that he's QB one in training camp. Well, in training camp, yeah, but you know, we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean, I think that if I think that if they were to let Gardner do his thing for a little bit. I don't see anything wrong with that, especially letting a veteran come in, show him the ropes a little bit. Because th- sometimes you put a rookie out there, and if they don't get the speed right away, they get, some some guys get flustered, and that's just the way it is. But uh, I think this is a great pick for the Colts, though. I I, I really do. Um, I do think that the I, I, I one pick I do kind of want to discuss, Dan. Obviously, uh. Uh, Bijan Robinson to the Falcons, eighth overall. That one kind of that would surprise me. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for that man. I, I I genuinely feel bad for him. I think I think he's in for a very long long season. I mean, I think that I just didn't understand it. Because they, I mean, they they had a running back in Tyler Algier, who rushed her had over a thousand all-purpose yards last year. They got a tight end. They, they obviously they got Kyle Pitts, who only scores in London, so that's like that's, you know, one of yeah, the things. Right? Yeah, they've got Drake London, who was a number, who was uh, their number one or their first rounder last year. I think he was the number one graded wide receiver in, in that draft, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, thousand yards last year as a rookie. Too. Yeah. And then, but they've got, you know, Desmond Ritter, this is his first season. So, as far as the offense goes, this is a pretty nice, like, core. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you have, they have, like, probably, like, some of the most superior athletic guys that we've seen come out of the track. Like, you know, Kyle Pitts is a freak at tight end when he came out. Drake London, with his height and his speed, is another freak of nature now. You know, a lot of us were calling Bijan the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. So, you know, you mix you mix all that up, you know, you yeah. kinda you know and their their offensive line's not terrible. You know, Chris Lynch from Jake Jake Matthews, I think those are 
Those are phenomenal guys to have on your line. So no, no, I don't. I thought I don't think they're horrible, but like it, but no, it was just it was a head scratcher pick. It, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. If they if that if that's who was their best available on their board, like they said, like yo, you know we you know fuck a pass rush. If Bijan is there, we're getting Bijan Robinson. Like no questions asked. Yeah, and, I mean, I to, I to, I think it's I think it's a, a, a fair point. Sometimes it's about who you you as a team feel is best available on your board. Um, I, I think like over the overall skill set of Bijan Robinson, he's very good. But as we've seen in recent years, in the last I don't know how Dan, I think it's the, what the last thirteen Super Bowl winners <coughs> with the salaries of how much they make. To be like on a Super Bowl winning team, uh, Bijan Robinson's rookie contract far exceeds that already. So, I mean, yeah, based I mean, off of look at look at Pacheco from last year's squad. Based off of numbers alone, man, you know, back in the day, running backs used to be a key threshold to winning championships. Now it's it's not that, but you know, but getting Bijan might be the key to getting them to be like you know division winners and that might be what the falcons achieve to do and that's it i mean obviously all 32 teams achieve to be a super bowl but you know some teams have more realistic goals and the falcons might want to just be like look we just we want to start with a division winning get Bijan, and then we'll just build as we go because we know that Bijan might only have like a like a six or seven year window before his miles run out but obviously, but complimenting him say, with Tyler, it could. I'm saying I will. I, that's what I'm saying. I will say putting him in a running back by committee room can extend that. Yeah. But we know, we know for a fact, it's like a quarterback. You don't draft a guy in the top ten if he's not going to start for you day one. Right. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about the uh, the Detroit Lions. Obviously, uh, they had two picks in the first round. Um, they traded back a couple times actually, uh, in the first round, or they traded from six to twelve, and they they gained a, a second round pick from the deal with the Cardinals. Um, so obviously the Cardinals moved up. They had, they had probably like the most interesting draft because they went from a head scratcher in day one to probably one of the better day two and day three, probably the best day two, honestly, out of all the teams, in my opinion, I gave them like the winning grade for like the Friday side of the draft. Yeah. Thursday, they Thursday. They're probably like, right. They were like way low. Like, cause I don't know what, I don't know why you need the hell you needed Jameer Gibbs, but apparently from what I was reading, Jameer Gibbs was high on a lot of teams draft boards. And apparently people had Jameer Gibbs ahead of Bijan as well at certain points. Yeah. Including, and the funny thing is, it was my team too. The Jets said if Jameer Gibbs was there, they were drafting Jameer Gibbs. Like he, I'm like, Ooh. yeah, I'm like, dude, Jameer Gibbs and Brees Hall. I would have been like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of teams that were that were really high on him. They, you know, the comparisons is Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. And it's like I'm I'm good with that. That's a fantastic comparison. That's a hell of a comparison. Yeah, I mean, um, and literally they they drafted him. They drafted Jameer Gibbs, and a day later, uh, DeAndre Swift was traded to the Eagles. So it's like, 
for seventh round pick. Yeah, well, I mean, because he could, he can't stay healthy. He couldn't stay on the field. He wasn't productive, and this is the last year of his contract. So it's like, I'm gonna call it now. We're getting the, we're getting the DeAndre Swift that you predicted last year in fantasy football. We're getting him this year. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, I know. Because well, he's playing in his hometown. <coughs> Nothing beats playing in your hometown. Yep. And he grew so. up an Eagles fan and everything. So it's like, how his draft, his his video when he was committing to Georgia was imitating the Rocky run from the museum all the way down through the streets. Yeah, homie is so, about to, this man is about he to. Is Philly, he is Philly through and through. I like the homecomings. I'm, I'm a sucker for him. So yeah. Good for him. But um, obviously, you know, Jameer Gibbs at 12, people were like, I don't know about that pick. I don't know, but i tell you what, though. The front office was fired up from that pick. I mean, that kind of went viral where, like, they were, like, hooping and hollering and, you know, they were really happy about it. I think this is like – It was one of those. It was, like, one of those where, like, you knew that everyone wanted Jameer Gibbs and the fact that you were there. They probably disconnected their phones and everything because they knew, like, yeah, we're not not giving this up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that, I mean, it's just the fact – not you've got him – Jack Campbell – Picked I like to the, their second first round pick. I like that pick. That's a, that's a that's a strong linebacker. Yeah, he won the Dick Buckus Award. That's a pretty solid award for a linebacker. So I mean, I, I won that award. I won that award too. If you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. But uh, yeah, they kept it through and through. They got the they got a, a great linebacker to help with their 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 front seven. And I think Jameer Gibbs is going to con- uh, compliment David Montgomery really well. Um, now the question is, who do you start? You start the guy that you just pay your pay like six million a year, or do you start the guy you just draft twelve overall? And I think personally, it's going to be like I think Monty's going to be the guy that starts, and then like you're going to see a lot more Jameer Gibbs towards the end of the season. It's going to be one A and one B. Yep, and that's this is a running back room. I am staying the fuck away from it when it comes to fantasy football. Staying. I'm not really. Uh, I'm not really feeling that one. I'm I'm just not. I really am not. Because if it's one a one b, nope. I'm good. Have a good day. All right. Um. You want to get into our teams? Uh, yeah. I was gonna kind of go over, um, a couple more. You know, as far as like uh, um, uh, just as far as like uh, you know, surprising picks and things like that. You just kind of no one Smith at thirty. Yeah, that one blew me away. I want. Yeah, I think I called that one. That one was. Yeah, the Philadelphia that one Bulldogs. That one, that one shocked me. Yeah, really. The they're owed at least one game in Athens, Georgia. Now. Yeah. Legitimately uh, owed. Like you, you have to go there now at least once. Yeah, Jalen Carter, <laughs> Dolan Smith, Jordan Davis, the Kobe Dean, the DeAndre Kobe Swift, Keely Ringo. They should just draft his stats and call it a day. Honestly, yeah. Good for him, though, for getting drafted. But I, I predicted it from the beginning. I said this this guy's a day three to undrafted type pick. I don't – like I said, I don't – I don't – I don't I don't think he's going to translate well to the NFL. A lot of people are like, oh, he's a winner, two-time national champion. I'm like, listen, I could have been the quarterback with that Georgia team. I probably could have at least got us one national championship game. That team was dumb. <laughs> All I had to do was lob the ball up there. Everyone was going to go get it. 
especially against the TC, the TCU one. If I was the quarterback, we would have won that game too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure. Um, I did like uh, I did like what Seattle did with Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith Jigba. I love I, I think that's a that's a home run. They picked two great players. Um, obviously, I think they've instantly. I think with that pick, they've instantly kind of at least the wide receiver side. They've they've uh, walked themselves into the top five wide receiver room in the uh, in the in the NFL. And then you got. Um, you got Witherspoon to play uh, play opposite side of uh, uh, Tariq Tariq Woolley, right? Is, I think his name. Yeah, Tariq Woolen. Yeah, Tariq Woolen. That's that's pretty fucking nasty. You got the fifth overall yeah, pick of Devin Witherspoon, who, uh, and then you got basically your number two or number three rookie of the year from last year. You know, from the voting, like that's nasty. It, it that's just. Wow, I mean, good for Seattle because they use these picks from Denver. <coughs> the Devin Witherspoon pick was because of was because of Denver to Russell Wilson. So great job, well done, boys. Yeah. Um, last one, then we'll go to our teams. I just kind of wanted to kind of go over a couple of these, you know, not go over all of them, but just something I thought were like, you know, good picks, bad picks, questionable picks. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, the Quentin Johnson, twenty-first overall to the Chargers. Is Terrifying. that is that something that's really needed for their for them? I I'm gonna say no. And I'm saying yes only because I think they're trying to get rid of Keenan Allen. That and that's the only thing I was thinking too because there was a lot of like rumors coming out that they were thinking about getting rid of him. So if they do, this move makes sense, but that's that's a scary receiving core though. Like for right now, Clinton Johnson, Keenan, and Mike Williams, that's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. It's also terrifying again for fantasy football. We are trying to pick, <laughs> pick a fucking receiver, and you got is all it terrifying the... though because like, Keenan's gonna get hurt, Williams is gonna get hurt. Hey, Quentin Johnson, he's right there. Yeah, but then Quentin Johnson gets gets accustomed to the L.A. Chargers medical staff, and then he gets hurt. Ah, uh, then we get a then we go to DeAndre Carter territory. <laughs> yes, and Josh Palmer. <laughs> yeah, we start getting we start getting desperate. I mean, Herbo is a great quarterback to have for it. Now that he's got an extra weapon. I honestly thought I really, really thought that the Chargers were going to go tight in here. I really thought, and I think both of you and I were on the same page with that. Um, I think we had. I'm thinking Michael Mayer, right? I think we had no either Michael Mayer. Or they ha- they had the opportunity to take Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid went 25th overall, and uh, Quentin Johnson went 21st. So it's like they had it's the right opportunity there. to take him. Yeah, they had the opportunity to take him. Why they didn't take him? I guess they're what's their guy Trey McKitty. I guess they like Trey McKitty. I guess that's. The, I guess they like him a lot to like the point where like yeah, we don't really see that as a need. Honestly, if I were them too, I could have. I would have dabbled that running back. I would have maybe tried to trade up and get Jameer Gibbs, knowing that Eckler wants out. Because I think Jameer Gibbs and Austin Eckler, it's basically the same guy going into the same offense. You know, if you look at it, it's a dual threat running back. You know, top end speed can catch out of the backfield. You know, looking back on it, hindsight, you know, twenty twenty. 
Well, Eckler wants knowing to get that, paid, yeah. and it's like, dude. Knowing, that, you... knowing that he wants out, just go get, go up there and get Jameer Gibbs if you really wanted to. Or I don't think they drafted a running back at all in their draft either. Like, I would have dabbled in the running back market a little bit. Like, even get what the, you know, get Izzy from Pitt that the Jets got in the fourth round. That would have been a fantastic pick for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, Eckler's out here trying to ask for more money. <laughs> Knowing he just replaced the guy before him and Melvin Gordon who asked for what? A lot of money. They got out of that one pretty good because he hasn't been the same since. Yeah, 100%. So it's like, kind of have to understand that if you try to, if you if you uh, price your way out of a, of a starting job, running backs are not exactly one of those things that are, you know, if you have like 10 years in the league, you're probably going to be retired. Like, just take what you got, and he's making a shit ton of money as it is, and call it a day. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. Let's, uh, I'll let you kind of start and talk about uh, the uh, the Jets pick here. Am I doing every single pick, more or less, or am I just looking at the first round? Of- uh, first round, and you might be able, if you want to talk about second or third, sure. That's about it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the Jets took Will McDonald. The uh, edge rusher from Iowa State. Um, he's I, a lot of people were ticked off about the pick because he's not like the the big name guy, the sexy name, you know. Every you know, insert good superlative here. But I I look at the tape. I really like the pick. Uh, they said he's the quote unquote the bendiest player in the draft, and how he bends around the edge of, as an edge rusher. A lot of people don't know he actually tied or he either broke Von Miller's Big 12 sack record. So I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not going to sit here and say he's the next Von Miller, but like I said, if you can break the sack record from one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, you actually you have some talent there. I heard I, um, that's, I, 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 my tone. I thought that you said that he was going to – he was better than Von Miller. So that's that's what I got from that. So, okay. Uh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I said, I like the pick. The Jets need to kind of keep getting that defensive mindset up a little bit, uh, get more depth in there. That was a big thing for us, especially towards the end of the year. A lot of guys are able to break around the edge. Uh, Carl Lawson kind of broke down at the end of the year. Uh, Jermaine Johnson was just riddled with injuries throughout his rookie year. So, you know, if you just keep adding more and more depth to that side of the ball, I think that's going to be good for the Jets. Uh, the kid's got freakish athleticism. You know, there's a video of him like legitimately jumping over the hoods of cars at six three. I think he's like six three, two hundred sixty five pounds. Like that's just you, you can't you can't teach that type of athleticism. That's just freaky, right? Um, and, he, and apparently a lot of after the dust settled from the draft and people were kind of like asking like, why did the Jets take Will McDonald? Apparently, this guy interviewed really well and to other teams as well. A lot of other teams were saying that coaches were falling in love with this guy and they were, you know, they were shocked that he won at 15, but they're also weren't shocked because of how well he wowed the coaches. Apparently he interviewed well. He speak, he spoke very well. He's a good character guy. You can't, you always need some of those guys on your football team. So I was really happy with that pick. Um, and then the Jets getting Joe Tittman to center in the second round up that offensive line i was pretty stoked with that pick once again not the sexiest pick but if if you know if there's a need that <laughs> that they need to uh plug like the the gap right there um 
And then if we don't get a pick until the fourth round where they get Carter Warren, another offensive tackle, just keep adding to that. This one right here is my favorite pick. And I misspoke before. The Jets drafted um, Israel Abinaconda in the fifth round, the running back from Pitt. Uh-huh. Um, if no one if no one remembers him, he's the running back. He ran for 346 yards against Virginia Tech this past year. Uh, kid's got electric speed. Uh, he ran a 4-4 in the 40, but it looks a lot faster. And then um, the rest of the draft was just, you know, the, they were just looking at depth, pizza, depth pieces. Zaire Barnes, linebacker from Western Michigan. Uh, Jared uh, Bernard Converse, he's a safety from LSU. This one right here is the – a lot of people were blown away by this one. So the Jets drafted Zach Koontz. He is a six foot seven tight end that ran the forty yard dash in four and a four five. Um, they have this measuring thing. I'm not sure if you saw this, Marcus. It's called like RAS, something like that, uh-huh. where they measure like athleticism or something. He's the only tight end since they started doing this to measure perfectly across the board in athleticism. Really? So sign me up. Sign me up for that. A six foot seven. Tight end who ran a four five forty. Sign me up. I am here for it. That is a that is going to be a dangerous target for the Jets if he makes the team this year. Um, but other than that, I like the draft. Um, obviously, they're building for Rodgers. Um, but the one trend I saw with this draft is they drafted a lot of leads guys who are in that that RAS. I could be misspeaking, but like. Look it up. A lot of people were using this, this athletic database to measure talent, and the Jets drafted a lot of guys who measured very highly in that athletic database. So, you know, Joe Douglas must be seeing something that other GMs are not seeing on some of these guys. So hopefully they all turn out well. Yeah, and plus, obviously – I think that y'all obviously draft the positions of need to make that run for the Super Bowl while, while you can. It's pretty much Super Bowl or bust for the next year or two. Yeah, especially once, you know, once we, uh, in a few moments after we go over the Cowboys, we'll break down the schedule. It's, it ain't going to be easy. It wasn't a fun ride. <coughs> no, I don't think it will. So, um, uh, Dallas at the 26th overall pick. Uh, I thought that they were going to uh, try to maybe go tight in here. Michael Mayer was there. You know, obviously, when I saw Dalton Kincaid was a, was picked the pick before, I was like, fuck, dude. I feel like that that was kind of the reason why they made the pick they did because I think Kincaid probably was their guy. But then Bu- Buffalo made the pick, and they had to kind of go with another option there. Um, <clears throat> Mozzie Smith, a defensive tackle for Michigan – it's again, just like with the Jets, it's not a sexy pick at all. It's not a position of like, you know, high. It's not a high profile pick, but it is a pick of need, uh, because Dallas was one of the worst run supporting defenses last year, um, weren't that great? And Mozzie Smith was great at one of the best run supported interior linemen in the draft. So. I feel like that, that kind of works in the favor. Let's see if it works out. And on top of that, too, you know, if Micah Parsons vouches and recommends for the team to draft him, I'm on board. I have no, 
I mean, what can you say? If Micah goes, hey, I think this guy would be valuable for our defense, Jerry is probably going to go, that sounds like a good idea. I have a feeling that's probably what happened. Yeah, yes. and honestly, he uh, and honestly too, he's Michael Parsons has already earned the right where he can probably put his two cents in when it comes to draft <laughs> night. Yeah, it. I think honestly, when it comes to the offensive defense, the offensive side is Dak, defense is Micah, and they go, all right, hey, we're thinking about these guys. What do you think? And that's kind of how it plays out. You know, round two, we picked up a tight end, ironically from Michigan as well, and Luke Schoonmaker. Um. Don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, obviously, teammates with Mozzie Smith, so I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Um, but we need that was a position of need, like big time need. Uh, so I think you guys like I think guys from Michigan. Yeah, but they haven't worked out really well. That's the crazy part. Taco they, Charlton, I remember that one. Fucking waste of a pick, dude. What a waste. Terrible pick. Uh, we picked up DeMarvian Overshone is a linebacker from Texas. Uh, from what I had seen on, on the, as, at least from like the, you know, the tape, he, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty quick around the edge. Uh, he's great. At, he's great at blitzing the quarterback. Um, he's a good, he's a good player. Just, he was just on a really shitty defense. You know what I mean? Sometimes that just gets really overshadowed. Uh, I don't know if he'll start. He might be a rotational guy, but we'll see. You know, there's – who knows? And then obviously kind of the big one that everybody knows, it seems like, is uh, um, Deuce Vaughn. You know, because – I love that pick. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn, running back from Kansas State. Um, you know, his dad is a scout for the Cowboys, and so – he got the phone call, and I think this actually is a great complimentary pick. Out, well, you know, to compliment, you know, Tony Pollard, but also the fact of, you know, even if they bring in, I, I don't even fucking consider Ronald Jones a competitive is a, a competition in the running back room. I think it's, I think it's going to be a, a preseason cut. I think the dude's fucking garbage, but that's just my my opinion of him. Um, I think they bring in maybe another another guy. To kind of compliment, maybe they have a three back, a three running back room, but it's going to be, I think Deuce Vaughn obviously makes a roster. He's going to be involved in the running game, and he's going to compliment Tony Pollard in the backfield. But yeah, uh, overall, not a great draft. It was like things that they needed to kind of fill ed, fill areas. But I, I wish that they would have drafted a tight end in the first round, even if it was to go get Michael Mayer. Like I would have liked that pick. But I can see why they didn't do it. But if you're trying to keep your quarterback from throwing interceptions, you should probably get him as many targets as possible. Yeah. So that's my take. I think that they didn't. I think they had a an average draft, like a B minus, C plus maybe. But B minus is probably where it is because it's they didn't have any sexy picks, but they they filled needs that they needed. That's how well the Jets draft. It's F, the Jets draft was definitely like a B, B minus range. And I'm only <laughs> saying that because this is one of those drafts where you have to see how these guys pan out. Like a lot of the guys we drafted are not going to be immediate starters. Except, except for Joe run so well Joe last Tiff. year, you could take a fucking break this year. Okay. 
That's why I think a lot of Jets fans were pissed off because they were comparing last year's draft to this year's draft. And I, I feel like going on a bunch of Jets uh, Twitter boards and saying, guys, last year's draft was, it's not even once every few years. That was once in a generation. First time in history. That was a one time in generation draft where we hit on every single pick. And those picks, each of them won their rookie of the year on their their respective side of the ball. Yeah. You did so well last year, people forget about how bad Zach Wilson was. Yeah, like, really. Honestly. Honestly, yeah, we were we were gonna kinda mask it, like, oh, look, we got all these cool pieces to play with. But I mean, we got we got someone we got a guy who's already being labeled as the best corner in football after his rookie year. Yep. And you've <laughs> like, got Brees Hall who would have been a, a rookie of the year candidate, officer of the candidate. Then you got Garrett Wilson who was the rookie of the year candidate, who now your quarterback now says that he has he has comparable intangibles to Devontae Adams, which is fucking amazing to hear from. Uh, you know, um, you know that when Rodgers and Garrett Wilson connect in their first pass, it'll be the first time in Rodgers' career that he throws to a receiver drafted in the first round. Yep. So that'll be a, that'll be. A, I, I think Rodgers will know, shit here on that on that first pass. Do you know who who the only the only the only first round player he's ever thrown the ball to was drafted in the first round. Do you know who the player is? You may... It's not Mercedes Lewis, is it? It is Mercedes Lewis. Congratulations. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I, remember, I think the Jaguars drafted him pretty early, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Mercedes Lewis has been playing for fucking 45 years, so congratulations. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, good at, I'm good at what I do in sports. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's um let's get into today's current event, shall we, Marcus? Yeah, I am I'm with it, man. We said, you know, we went through our everything. We, we caught up with the draft, so now we are we're here. Hip hip hooray! Yeah. So, um, as everyone knows, the NFL schedule got released today. We had some leaks coming out yesterday, mostly with the primetime games and the holiday games, and then even this mer- this morning and early afternoon, we started getting kind of like the. Primetime games are all being released, and then at 8 o'clock today, we got, like, the actual full 1 through 17, you know, with the bye week, obviously, so you want to do 1 through 18. And, um, you know, the Jets uh, the Jets and the Cowboys, I think, led the way with uh, six primetime games. Um, and ironically enough, the Jets and the Cowboys face each other this year. It is uh, <coughs> week two. And... Um, you know, obviously with this podcast, I'm very excited about it because, as everyone knows, Marcus Cowboys fan, I'm a Jets fan, so definitely we could have some fun banter, maybe even a, maybe even a friendly wager when that time comes. Hundred uh, percent. I mean, I don't, um, mind, I don't mind taking your money in the week too. But by the way, so. <laughs> I mean, like I said, man, this is this is. You, you guys haven't beaten the bad Jets team. You're sure so not beating the good one. Yeah, if we if we lose to Sam Darnold, who recovered from mono, we lose to that. I don't have faith in in this fucking game. Um, but yeah, no. Um, early indications, uh, Marcus, for the schedule. Like, do you have games that pop out to you, or you know, when you look at the Cowboys schedule, do you look at like do you have a break in the season where you can be real off like a handful of wins? You know, <clears throat> break down the cowboy break down the cowboy schedule. All right, so I got the Cowboys schedule pulled up here. Um I've I'll go uh so we got week one, Sunday night football. 
against the Giants, which I feel like happens every fucking year. It, I mean, it has happened the last couple of years, but I feel like before it was always that. I wonder why the NFC East always gets like the first prime time. I don't know. Um, I said it's it's like I said in recent memory, I've always seen it to be like the Giants, Cowboys, or um, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, Giants, any Eagles. Variation, yeah. Any variation of the like, three in the NFC East. I don't know why. I really don't. Um, but now they now they're doing the third. They used to do like Thursday night games with like a cha- like. In, anyways, it's. But um. Yeah. So we got uh on the road to the Giants. So we play the Jets at home week two. We go to Car- We go to Arizona week three. Home against uh. <coughs> uh Mac Mac Jones and the Patriots. Week five on the road to the Niners. Week six on the road to the Chargers. Um. Week five is also Sunday night football. Uh, we have a bye week, week seven. Week eight is home against the Rams. Week nine is at the Eagles. Week 10 is home against the Giants. Week 11 at the Panthers. Uh, week 12, home against the uh, Commanders. Thir- we got uh, 12, 13, and 14 are all home games. So we got three games in a row of that. So that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, Commanders, Seahawks, and then the Eagles again. Um, which is kind of crazy because I always like to play the Eagles the last game of the year. I think that that's like always good because it seems to be like now, especially with how their team is, it'd be cool to watch both of them play to make it like a winner take, not like a winner take all, but it'd just be a really like meaningful game. Um, week fifth, dude, this one's going to suck. Week 15 on the road to Buffalo. That's December 17th. That's going to be fucking brutal. That one's gonna be a. That one ain't gonna be fun, man. No, that's gonna be. Trust me, I, I've done. Trust me, I, I've, I've seen my team do it plenty of times. It's not a. It's either you don't. It's weird. You don't want to go to Buffalo in December, and you don't want to go to Miami in December. Those are like very two difficult places to play. You mean uh, Miami in September? No, it's Miami in December. Like for some reason. And that's if you look at like if you look at Miami's winning percentage with teams up north that come to Miami like in late in the season, it's a crazy good schedule. And then, well, speaking of that, or, week yeah, six, crazy good record. I'm sorry for Miami. Week sixteen is in Miami. That's Christmas Eve. Week seventeen home against the Lions, and then week eighteen is on the road against the Commanders. So. Uh, you have a pretty favorable schedule, honestly. Yeah, it's it's about an average schedule. Nothing. I I mean, I I'd probably say it's a if you put the the needle in the middle, it or you know the average. I think they're just above average as far as difficulty. They probably have a little bit of a harder schedule, just because you know they, as far as teams that are going to be either playoff teams or teams of a five hundred are going to be um, sway teams. The Giants they could. The Jets are going to be above 500. Niners, Chargers, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Seahawks. Those are going to be teams that are going to be above 500. So it's like the teams you're remaining out of that are the Cards, um, Patriots, Rams, um, Washington, Carolina. So we're talking six games 
six or seven games of teams that are below, and then you've got the rest that are going to be above 500. Uh, the Giants could be above 500. Washington could be above 500. I don't think they would be, but we'll see. Um, but looking at the schedule, man, um, I think that this is a, I think this is like an an eleven and six, eleven and six or ten and ten and seven or eleven and six. <coughs> there's a couple. There's a couple uh, coin flip games. Um, I've got them. I've got them sweeping the the sweeping the Commanders, uh, and splitting the series between the Giants and the Eagles. That's fair. So I feel like the Eagles and Cowboys always always split their matchups. They always split it. Um, it's usually whoever's at home. It usually kicks the shit out of them. But it's it's neither like a close game for both. It's so like week nine we're gonna get our ass beat in in Philly, but they're coming here and coming to Dallas in December tenth. They're gonna get their ass beat probably. But by by fucking week fourteen, they might have already clinched the division. So it's like. <laughs> Who knows? <clears throat> but not an awful schedule, but not a crazy easy schedule like they've had the last couple of years either. Like this is one where they're gonna have to really like buckle down and play. But I think, like I said, eleven and six or ten and seven is kind of where I'm at. Anything above, great. Anything below, just fucking don't even make the wild card. Yeah. But all right, let's talk about the uh, the jet schedule. I know that you're kind of excited about that one. First time in a very long time, I was like anxiously waiting for the jet schedule to come out. Alrighty. Um, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to get like make sure I got all the dates correctly here. All right, so the first game of the year, uh, September 11th, it's a Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills. And then as Marcus stated uh, previously, the next game would be against Dallas in Dallas. Uh, that should be a cakewalk. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let the shit talking begin now. Now, speaking of cakewalks, uh, week three, Patriots come into New York. I think, I think we'll finally, finally, finally end that streak of losing to the Patriots every single game for like, the last like decade. Um. And then a, we got another we got a Sunday night game with Patty Mahomes and the boys coming into New Jersey. That, that should be a fun be one. A good game, dude. I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I know. Before Aaron Rodgers, we were like a 25-point underdog. Now maybe we're like a two-point underdog. <laughs> it, money, it might be money line might be even. Maybe. Um, and then we are at Denver. But should be tricky with Sean Payton coaching that team now. And then we come back home to face the Eagles. We get a bye week. We face the Giants. And then the Chargers on Monday night. And then we get the Raiders. So, so we have back-to-back primetime games. We get the Chargers at night, November 6th. And then November 12th, we get uh, the Raiders in Las Vegas. And then we go at Buffalo. Miami comes in. The Falcons come in. The Texans come in. So you have three consecutive home games right there between Miami, Atlanta, and Houston. So those those could be very favorable for us. Yeah. 
And then we go at Miami in December, which I think is going to be very difficult. The Commanders come in for the last game of the – it's on Christmas Eve. It's the last uh, home game of the regular season. And then we finish the year on the road at Cleveland and then at New England. Oof. Like I said, this is a very hard schedule. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> uh, the, the break in the schedule would be that those three consecutive home games between the Dolphins, the Falcons, and the Texans. I think there's a very good chance that the, um, the, uh, the Jets can go 3-0 and in that stretch. I have them sweeping the series this year against New England. They split against Miami, and they split with Buffalo. I think um, I think that Buffalo I, series is going to be really good. I, I, depending on what happens, depending on what happens with Miami, that could be that that uh week fifteen game is going to be a very the division either. Yeah, that or, or wild card factor. Um, yeah, I think what helps I, you guys out is having the Patriots last game of the season. Yeah. I think this is a – I also have them as 11-6 and six early right now. I think that's a fair – I think that's a fair schedule for them at this current moment. Uh-huh. I don't – because we don't – I don't know what – I know we have Rodgers and everything, but, like, I don't know how he's going to work with the guys. You know, is this team going to click right away with Nathaniel Hackett running the show? Um you know, getting a lot of former Packers in the building. You know, they have Rodgers, Lazard. They just signed Randall Cobb. They signed Billy Turner for offensive line depth. Guys who have been in the Nathaniel Hackett system, so maybe they can help this these younger guys that were used to last year's system get kind of a hold of this like quickly. So looking at your, uh, looking at the schedule, there's um, a lot of there's a lot of growing pains with this team, and I think the preseason is be very key for them to just iron out any and all you know, kinks that they have in yeah. the, you know, in the system, iron them out quickly because you, you're going to go in front of a national TV audience, the first game of the year against the team that has ran this division for the last three, four seasons. So, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to have to show up. Like you, you're not going to be able to hide behind the one o'clock schedule anymore. Yeah. They you only know, have the Jets, one... the, Jets, the Jets are, they have Two, one, three, one o'clock four. game and the, they have Five. one one o'clock game the first three months of the year. <coughs> yep, that's like the, that's, that's insane. That's the Aaron Rodgers effect. Yeah, because Green Bay used to get all the four thirty games. I remember watching them on Fox every weekend. Yeah, and I gotta watch the fucking Jets. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, we're gonna be a show this year, so you know. Nah, I'm, I'm excited for you guys. I really am. Uh, yeah, but yeah, just look at as far as like the the, the yeah buff. Buffalo, that's a that's a five hundred plus team. Dallas, Kansas City, uh, Philly, the Chargers, Miami. We're facing both. We're facing both Super Bowl representatives from last year. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got and both those teams, and both those teams arguably got better. So, like, you got <laughs> yeah, no shit. You got one, two, three, four. You got the Giants too, so that's another team that could be five hundred. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're gonna, we're gonna, eight, we're gonna fuck them up again. Nine. You've got potentially half of your season, bro, of plus five hundred teams. That I, yeah. I mean, the Broncos could be a team that fucking wakes up and decides we're gonna play football this year. Um, now that Sean Payton's in the in the building, uh, we're not really sure. I don't which know. I, it could which happen. I truly believe. 
which I truly believe is going to happen. I'm a, I'm a Sean Payton fan. Uh, so I think he's going to turn that shit right around super I think quick. So. I think so too. Um, but it's just that, cause that, that roster was so good for it to be so bad, like as bad as they were. And they have a really good offensive line coming in this year too. So yeah, yeah they, they went were. out and spent money there. So, um, I agree. I think you guys are that 11 and six range is pretty, pretty good. 11, six, 10 and seven. I, I like that. Um, but you gotta, obviously there's some swing games that could factor. Um, God, I guess so, like I think like, I, I guess think games. Against, game? I think games against the Chargers and the Raiders. I think those are games they can win. Yeah, damn, dude, those what? are very winnable games. Week nine, dude, 36 percent of the Jets' schedule is a night game. Yeah, week nine <laughs> is Monday Night Football, and week ten is I guess the Raiders is Sunday Night Football. Yeah, they have back-to-back primetime games. Isn't it nice? I love it, dude. They haven't had a Sunday night football game in 12 years. I know the, the Lions got four primetime games this year, too, which I'm very happy for them on that. Including the they got the home opener. Or they got the first game of the year. They faced the Chiefs. Yeah, I, which I, I think it's stupid, honestly. <coughs> what you mean? I don't, I don't like that matchup like the first game of the year. I was selfishly hoping for Chiefs and Eagles to start off the year. I thought that would have been freaking chaotic. Super Bowl rematch week one to open up the year. Eagles see the Chiefs get their rings. Storyline, you know, just trying to add some hype to the NFL here. There's Same. ways to do the schedule. There's, there's ways to do the schedule, people. You put the defending champions versus the team they beat who just they happen to be on the same schedule this year. You put them against each other. <clears throat> you just have to do it. Like they uh I mean the Lions I said I just pulled it up just cuz we were talking about the Lions. I think only four teams are without primetime games this year. Yeah. Hmm. Um Oh, dude, they made their <laughs> I think they, they yeah, they I think they did their schedule. Yeah, they did their schedule with AI. <laughs> with Allen Iverson? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I I wanna listen I saw, to it. I, I saw I saw a funny joke of um AI and they're like, uh yeah, AI's gonna take over three hundred jobs. And they're a picture of Allen Iverson and I'm like, that's actually kinda of funny. It's a it's a good dad joke. <laughs> Like, how's this man going to take 300 <coughs> jobs? It's just a picture around Iverson. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to see if I can find the the, the times for theirs because I want to see. I, I need to see when they uh, when the times are like all slowly getting released because like like around eight o'clock when the schedule dropped, there was a lot of TVDs next to oh, them. There we now go. I found jet, it. All the Jets starting times started coming out. So they play week one Thursday. I'm just going by their primetime games. I'm not going to go through the whole schedule. Uh, week one yeah. is Thursday night football against the Chiefs. Week four is Thursday night football against the Packers. Week eight is Monday night football against the Raiders. And I think that I think their other one is uh oh, and then they they've got week and then obviously week twelve is a primetime game too because they play on Thanksgiving. And then the, and then Sunday night football week seventeen against the Cowboys. That's good though. They they got they got a little bit of a little bit more on, the, on their plate. Good deal. I would have liked 
I would have liked the week one game a little bit more if they didn't get this freaking uh, gambling scandal. Oh, yeah. Because he lost Jameson Williams. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, so we obviously, you know, we broke down the schedule. Do you want to break down any more schedules or just kind of call it here uh, after talking about both of our teams? Are there any primetime games that, like, really stand out to you that Ooh. don't include either of our teams? Um, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I have not looked at the entire schedule as far as who who plays who and, um, like, all the primetime games in general. I haven't seen that. Is there is there somewhere where I can take a look at it real quick? So I'll start uh, Thursday Night Football, the NFL Twitter page, the official NFL Twitter page posted Thursday Night Football, the whole schedule. It starts in week two. Okay. So um, I'll break them down for Thursday Night Football. So it's from week two to week 17. We got the first one is Vikings <coughs> at Philadelphia. Okay. The Giants at San Francisco. Lions at Green Bay. Bears at Commanders. Broncos at Chiefs. Jags at Saints, Buccaneers at Bills, Titans at Steelers, Panthers at Bears, Bengals at Ravens, Seattle at Dallas, Patriots at Steelers, Chargers at Raiders, Saints at Rams, Jets at Browns. All right, so I've got the Sunday Night Football schedule pulled up. Read that one out for me. All right, Cowboys at Giants, Dolphins at Patriots, Steelers at Raiders, Chiefs at Jets, Cowboys at Niners, Giants at Bills, Dolphins at Eagles, Bears at Chargers, Bills at Bengals, Jets at Raiders, Vikings at Broncos. Uh, the Thanksgiving one is Niners at Seahawks. Uh, That's Ra- a good one. Uh, then the actual... Sunday night one for that one. Uh, Ravens at Chargers. Chiefs at Packers. Eagles at Cowboys. Ravens at Jags. Hey, that might be a that's pretty good one, too. That's going to that's that's be sneaky, Ravens and Jags. <coughs> that's going to be a solid one there. Uh, week 16. There's two Week 16 Sunday night games. Uh, Bengals at Steelers and Bills at Chargers. And then Week 7. Chargers are fun. Week 17, Packers at Vikings. Week 18 is to be determined. I guess it'll, we'll figure that out later. Um, I I like the Ravens and Jags. I also like... Uh, obviously, Chiefs and Jets is, a, is another really good one. Um, and then uh, I'm going to have I'm going to have to go... Either I might I honestly man I might have to go. Um, where's that show? Just also, oh, yeah, week seven, Dolphins and Eagles. I think that might be a pretty good one to see too. Yeah, two so, mo- um, two mobile have, quarterbacks and everything like that. Yeah, and that's uh, Tua versus Jalen Hurts, which we didn't get to really see in college after Hurts transfer, so that should be fun. Yeah. Uh, so I have the Monday night schedule, and for some people who may not remember. This is the first year that they're going to experiment with two Monday night games uh certain points of the year. Uh, 
one game will be on ESPN, the other one will be on ABC like it used to be back in the day. We still get Peyton and Eli, so that's good. Exactly. I'm excited for that one. I missed some. Okay, so um, as we detailed before, the first Monday night game of the year is on September 11th. It is the Bills at the Jets. And then this is the first doubleheader for Monday Night Football. The first one is the Saints at the Panthers, and then the Browns at the Steelers. God damn, that's then... awful. <laughs> that's... <laughs> exactly. They're like, you like, they're like, you want football? Well, here you go. Like, you're you're putting one half-ass game. So we'll put two half-ass games to make one game. Oh, exactly. that is awful, dude. It doesn't, it doesn't get too. It doesn't get too much better. So the next. Well, I mean, next month. I'm sorry. The following Monday, week three is another doubleheader. I'm sorry. I mean, week it, two though is. I mean, it's just Saints and Panthers, right? Yeah. I mean, we get to see Bryce Young versus Derek Carr. I mean, we'll see. But and like I said, the Steelers could be an upstart. <laughs> uh, we get a full year of Deshaun Watson with the Browns, so that could be interesting. I'm not really like. I mean, I'm gonna watch it because it's football, but like. I'm going to sit here and complain about it. I agree. Um, so the following week in week three is another doubleheader for Monday night. we got the Eagles at the Buccaneers and the Rams at the Bengals. Holy fuck, dude. And then we get the the single the single game Monday night football up until December 11th. So week four, we got the Falcons at the Jags. So we get the Calvin Ridley return game. Uh, Seahawks at Giants, uh, Packers at Raiders, Cowboys at Chargers, Niners at Vikings, Raiders at Lions, Chargers at the Jets, Broncos at Buffalo, the Super Bowl rematch November 20th, Eagles at Chiefs, oh. Bears, yep, Bears at Vikings. This one's going to be a sneaky one too, Marcus. Hear me out. Bengals at Jacksonville. I like that. That's uh, gonna be, then, that's gonna be a cool one. Where's where is that in Jacksonville? Yes, it is. What day is it on? December fourth. Oh, I might have to go make a road trip to go watch that one, dude. That's that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. And then <laughs> December eleventh, we have a doubleheader. We got the Titans at the Dolphins, and the Packers at the Giants. Those aren't. Those aren't as bad as earlier in the season. <laughs> And then December 18th, we get the Chiefs at the Patriots. And then Christmas Day, Monday night, we get Ravens at Niners, which is a ABC exclusive. So we get the other Christmas Day games, the, you know, the Eagles and the the Eagles and the Giants and then the, the uh, Raiders and the Chiefs. You said Ravens-Niners? Yeah, that's going to be an ABC exclusive. That's going to be a good one, too, I think. That could be a good one. And then uh, December 30th, we got the Lions at the Cowboys. And then January 6th, week 18, it is to be determined a doubleheader for Monday Night Football, which I believe would be the um, – it's, it's It depends it's, on who, like, it, makes playoffs. And stuff it's, like exa- that. It's, yeah, exactly. It's going to be like a playoff implication Monday Night Football type. Yeah. Well, well they started off really shit, but they sound like they got it figured out after a couple weeks. So that's good. Yeah, like I said, and, and the good thing is too, this is actually the first year as well. Um, starting week twelve, 
which would be the Bears and the Vikings, Monday night games could be flexed. I think that's a good idea. The flex scheduling is eligible to begin in week 12. So if the Vikings and the Bears are combining for three wins up until that point, they're taking that game off of Monday night football. Good. I think that's a good idea. They should have done that a long time ago. They should have started experimenting that. Because remember like a few years ago, Thursday night football was meant for like the really shitty teams just to get like a little bit of spotlight. Yeah, but now they're like, everybody's got to play a Thursday game. Or you give me, yep. or you give me the Jags where they got to play back-to-back weeks in London. That I sucks. like that because you basically you basically get to live in London for two weeks. I think that's pretty cool for like an like a an experience. Like no, like yeah, kind of like a like a traveling experience standpoint. Like I think I thought that was pretty cool. Honestly, you get to be in London for two weeks. I saw somebody had posted. They said. Well, while they're there, they should go ahead and look at houses and things like that. So when they move the stadium to, to London, they'll already be set stone ready to go. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. But logistically, I still don't think a team in London makes sense at all. No, it doesn't because of traveling. It makes zero yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna have, those teams are going to have to have like bye weeks <laughs> immediately after the London game. But um, all right, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump off here. Uh, we'll kind yeah, of discuss we everything. Yeah, we banged out a great episode. Yeah. Do what now? I am excited for this football season, man. It cannot, it cannot come any sooner. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited too. It's, I mean, it's only gonna be a couple months, man. I said, we're halfway through May. June is gonna kind of be like the dead point, where like I think training camp kind of kicks off. But like June is also where June and July is when All Star break happens for baseball. Um, we'll kind of start talking baseball a little bit, and then towards the end of July, middle of the end of July, that's fantasy football all fucking all fucking day. Yes, sir. Fantasy football discussions, round the clock, mock drafts. But yeah, football season will be here before we know it, man. Like literally before we know it, it'll be here. And I'm definitely, um, I am definitely going to be taking a look at. Um, I'm not sure if the Cowboys do it, Marcus, um, but the Jets do the uh, the open practice to fans. It's like sometimes it's free, sometimes it's like ten bucks a ticket to go watch a team practice and stuff like that. So I might, I might oh, that's honestly, cool. I might, I might honestly take a look at that. Drive up to the Jets training facility. I did it. Uh, I did it. Jamal Adams rookie year. He actually took a picture with me and signed my football. Oh, yeah. That'd be, yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it's, 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 they're, you know, especially with this year, the excitement, I'm pretty sure this year they're going to charge for tickets, but, but you know, if it's 10 bucks, it's 10 bucks. So I'm definitely down for that. Right. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if Dallas does, does that or anything. I'm not really too sure on that. And uh, if I want to just go watch a Bucks game, I'll probably do that, like, towards the end of the year because, you know, they're going to be playing nothing but 1 o'clock games. And uh, it's going to be hot as shit from, like, September to in October, so. 
Yeah, I hear that. But, it's gonna be hot up here too. Fuck yeah. But all right, all right, guys, we're gonna go ahead out of here. As always, thanks for listening to our episodes and make sure to follow Dan and myself. But Dan will be on the on the old tweeter uh, tweeting things. Yes, sir. Uh, right now he's tweeting a bunch of. Uh, Sad post about the Yankees and everything. Um, need some positivity oh, with the Rays. I need to. That stopped. I, I haven't done the Yankees post in a while. That I need, stopped. <laughs> I need some positivity with the Rays on the, uh, on the on the page. You know, we are the the best team in baseball. So, and with a Triple A schedule back in April, I think. <laughs> <you. laughs> hey man, they just they just play who they play. I don't make the schedule. I'll be honest with you. Every time your pitcher, or every time our pitcher throws a pitch, I hear a trash can going off. So I'm going to start making reports to the MLB offices. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey, might have to make, need might to have to down. make a phone call here. My... <laughs> nah, it's all love. Yeah, no shit. I, I mean, uh, it's just funny that you mentioned with the trash can thing because obviously, you know, the guy who did that whole. You know, snitch on the Astros. You know, you played in the tournament that I was just in a couple weeks ago. Yep, he's a legend. He deserves a plaque in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no shit, dude. No shit. So, all right, man. We'll go ahead and head out of here. As again, I probably think I said the third time. Thank y'all for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Adios.